Blog Talk Radio. It's another episode of Magic Universe with Sharona, and I am Sharona Rapsick. I am your radio host, and I'm a, a tarot master teacher, reader scholar. I'm also an angel Reiki master, a spiritual life coach, and a teacher of the magical and intuitive arts. I'm also an artist and a designer. In fact, I'm in the process of creating a soon-to-be-released the Boho Pixie Tarot deck, all dedicated to the life, art, and legacy of Pamela Coleman-Smith, and busy at work on its guidebook, The Little White Dog, where I, I like to share my system for reading tarot that will have you interpreting tarot faster than you can say pixie. And I'm coming to you live today from the Big Apple, New York City. And today, well, according to my iPhone, it's mostly sunny, and it's a lovely 78 degrees. Also, tonight the moon's going to be in Sagittarius, but even more importantly, on Wednesday, we will be enjoying a full moon in Capricorn. It's, it's time it's going to be a good time when the moon is in Capricorn. It's a good time to uh, to focus on things you want to bring in. And also, you want to remember to celebrate your accomplishments over the past six months. Can you believe it? It is uh, the year is a half over. Isn't that amazing? So uh, it's a good time to uh, commit to new long-term goals but also don't forget to acknowledge how far you've come. Yay, you go. Very proud of you. Okay, I do want to thank you for joining me here today and let you know that this little radio show is all about awakening and embracing your inner personal power and self-confidence, as well as creating magic and miracles in all areas of your life. Simply by using a little bit of help from our angels and guides and, of course, that divine and loving conscious energy of the magic universe, which we are all each a part of. So if you're ready to live your magic and if you're ready to be who you really are, then you're going to want to join me during this hour. And I'm going to invite you to step into your power and awaken your true magic. Just need to let you know that Magic Universe with Sharona is a live call-in radio show. And here we love to talk about such topics as angels, crystals, energy healing, tarot and oracle cards, astrology, synchronicity, and also, the most important thing of all, how to raise your energy so that you have good, good, good high vibrations. So you can create and generate and attract more love and magic into your life. I also love introducing you to a lot of really great people that you should know about in our tarot and metaphysical community. And I'm so happy today we have a really special guest. Her name is Sasha Graham. 
So I know you're going to enjoy listening to her and meeting her. But before we start, I need to let you know that Magic Universe is on the air live, always on the second and fourth Sunday of each and every month. Now, this is a live call-in show, and I will be taking uh, some of your phone calls after we finish with the uh, interview with our special guests. And so you're welcome to call in if you want to chat or if you'd like to have a free mini tarot reading or maybe a little angel Reiki. So once again, if you want to call in, the number is 714-816-4628. Now that's to listen. So if you want me to um, take your call live on the air, you need to press the number one on your phone keypad because that will flag you on the switchboard, and I do take calls in the order that they're received, so don't hang up or you're going to lose your spot in the line. You can also join us in our chat room at thetarotguild.com forward slash chat. Okay, everyone, it is time to rock and roll. So are you ready to get your magic on? Just threw a card, and uh, today's card is the Three of Cups, which is a really perfect card for what we're doing right now. It's all about, um, let's see, celebration, friendship, creativity, uh, sister and brotherhood, togetherness, and it's also a good time for parties and reunions. And that's kind of what we're doing today. Uh, the deck that I am drawing the card from is from Tarot Original 1909, the Circular Edition by Arthur E. Waite, Pamela Coleman-Smith, and also my special, special guest today, Sasha Graham. Now, let me tell you a little something about Sasha. She is a world-renowned tarot expert and writer, and she teaches and lectures all around the globe. Her, her work has been translated into Chinese, Italian, Russian, French, Spanish, Polish, German, and Portuguese. And she is the author of 12 books, including Tarot Diva, 365 Tarot Spreads, 365 Tarot Spells, and Llewellyn's complete book of the Rider Waite Smith Tarot, which I think is the best book on the topic of tarot. And Sasha has served as an editor and writer for Low Scale About Fellows, um, Tarot Fundamentals, as well as Tarot Experience and the Tarot Compendium and Tarot Original 1909 series. And she is a contributing editor uh, for Llewellyn for their date book and their calendar. And she's also the creator of tarot decks, which include Tarot of the Haunted House, The Dark with Tarot, and, ooh, this is cool. I have to talk to her about this, the forthcoming Tarot of the Witch's Garden. Her uh, Magic of Tarot and best-selling book, uh, Dark with Tarot, have been optioned and are currently in development for film and television. You might say that Sasha's evolving story is one of, you know, an enchanted and magical tale. And on the show, Magic Universe, our theme is love and magic. And 
Sasha just goes to show us what happens when you persevere, follow your instincts, and believe in love and magic. So it's so awesome. I'm just going to bring her on right now. Hi, welcome. Hi, how are you? I am good. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. You know, it's real synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, thank I you for that beautiful it. introduction. Oh, I, you know, I, I had to shorten the list. I mean, you, you are such a magical lady. I, um, I don't know how you how you do all the magic that you do. I mean, it's uh, you're you can. Uh, I don't know. Are you able to like? It's almost like how do you find the time? You are like a time bender. <laughs> Well, it's magic, right? Like it's like the the all of the everything that's true of magic is true of your creative work, right? Or or in theory, like the the work career that you do, the work that you choose. So, um, I'm a big proponent of uh, using the space that's around me because I feel like it's completely full of potential, um, and just focusing on the things that kind of thrill my soul, like my high priestess self. Um, and with that, one thing tends to lead to another in quite a magical way. Um, so, yeah, like I practice definitely what I preach. <laughs> well, it's definitely working. And I love, you know, it's really, you know, we, we planned uh, your your visit here a while ago, but the real synchronicity, I didn't know it, but our, our sponsor is the Tarot Guild. And but I didn't know about it until they said, "Hey, by the way, uh, we're doing this weekend celebrating uh, International Tarot Weekend." And um, I said, "Oh my goodness! You know, isn't it synchronistic that I have on Sasha Graham?" And we were planning on talking about the Rider Waite Smith Tarot and all of the wonderful geniuses that um, brought that tarot that you know, changed everybody's life um, and made that possible. Yes, yes. It's a fascinating story. You know, the the history and the creation and kind of the course of the the Rider-Waite-Smith deck itself is as magic and and fascinating um, as a tarot practice. You know, it's a really really phenomenal thing to explore. Because when we work with the deck, we really are working with uh, pieces of history and an emerging consciousness, you know, that came out of 19th century occultism. Yeah, that was, you know, I, you know, if I could go back in time, that was a really incredible time because it was kind of like, not only did you have all these, um, the this, this seeking of occult knowledge, but it's kind of like the world went, you know, it, there were so many advancements that happened, you know, within, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, you know. It, it, and, it's, it's fascinating because really when the Golden Dawn was kind of at its height and this the, the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck was created, you know, it was this explosion of new consciousness that was happening right before World War One, right? So we have um, 
you know, the golden dawn doing all of this magic, most of which, a lot of which is incredibly psychological. At the very same time, um, Carl Jung, you know, and Sigmund Freud were literally creating, um, you know, the science of psychotherapy, right? And that began to be, that was being mapped. Um, and, and, and then in, on the artistic side, you had, you know, postmodernism exploding in Paris and in London, like literally right in the same kind of concentric circles. You had Matisse and Picasso and T.S. Eliot and, and Virginia Woolf. So it was this poignant, beautiful kind of, I think, optimism and excitement at the turn of the century that was kind of, um, then sort of scattered and decimated by World War One and World War Two, um, but it, it, so it's it's fascinating. And then you know it was the the tarot came up kind of for air to start breathing in the early 1970s when Stuart Kaplan released it. So yeah, it's 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 really really fascinating, and and that's why it was a pleasure to write the guidebooks for some of Los Scarabeos, more historical Rider Waite Smith decks, you know, because when you're when you're working with a, a historical deck, I feel like it gets you a lot closer to what was going on uh for the artist and um and the the author at the time that the deck was created. And that's kind of like an automatic plug in to the magic that they were partaking in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's you know What's so cool, I mean, you, uh, you know, how, I, you know, I know in the 1970s, when, you know, like the tarot kind of disappeared for a while, and, you know, I love in your book how you talk about, well, you actually knew uh, Stuart R. R. Kaplan. And, I do, you know, yes, was, he was a wonderful he, man. And, you, you know, uh, for those who don't know that he was the the person who found the deck and you you might want to tell everyone how he found the deck and and how he um decided to like you know to publish it and give it to us all yeah yeah so just as a precursor you know between the creation of the Rider Waite Smith deck and then when Stuart Kaplan brought it to the market, I believe in 1972, um, so we're, it's almost 100 years after the fact. Like you said, tarot was really kind of a mysterious thing. It was not easy to get your hands on a tarot deck. There was a lot of mystery surrounding tarot. Uh, you had a few authors and occultists who were working with it, who were continuing the work of the Golden Dawn. You had uh, Gertrude Moakley was this rogue uh, librarian who worked for the New York Public Library, and she was doing research on, on tarot and what it meant and how, like, where it might have sprung from. Um, I love thinking about her kind of, like, running, to, you know, moving through the stacks, doing her research. Um, and And so... Along comes this businessman named uh, Stuart R. Kaplan. And Stuart was kind of a self-made boy from the Bronx who knew from a very young age that he was here to do something um, special, that he wanted to be a writer. And he knew that what he wanted to do with his writing was to write about something that people were fascinated with 
but didn't yet have access to. So he was, in his mind, he was like, if I can kind of zero in on something new that people want to learn about, I will write the heck out of it. And so his first book was actually a book about minerals and geology. He wrote this thick encyclopedia about minerals and geology. Um, and no offense wow. to any of the, the rock scientists out there. I mean, it wasn't really a spectacular bestseller. Um, at the time, he was also uh, working on Wall Street. Now, he had graduated from high school, a private high school in the woods of New Hampshire. Ethel Bailey, the lawyer, was his classmate. He, um, in his search for art and writing, he went to Europe. Uh, he studied at the Sorbonne and kind of was trying to figure out, you know, what he would do. And he, um, back in those days, you could, like, apply to college via telegram, and he wound up applying to the Wharton School of Business via telegram and was accepted. So he went to the Wharton School of Business, graduated, and was working on Wall Street, right? And so that's why he was writing books about geology, because he was in charge of some mines, I think. Um, anyway, he was at a toy fair back over in Europe and was actually looking for a gift for his very young, um, his young son, when he came across this tarot deck, um, and it wasn't the Rider Waite Smith, it was like the JJ Swiss, uh, JJ Swiss deck, uh, and he bought the rights to it. He put it out on the market, uh, and then he wrote a book to go along with it called Tarot for Fun and Fortune Telling. So this is 1972. Uh, the book landscape was much different back then um, and he was here in New York City uh, and so he had a close relationship with the buyer at Brentano's which was a really fabulous fancy bookstore up on 57th Street and and he said I, I really think there's something to this you know tarot and and his his contact at Brentano's said you want to take a look at the Rider Waite Smith deck and and so he did and he brought the Rider Waite Smith deck to market, um, and it started. It sold millions of copies, uh, and so he built uh, his his business, US Games, on the back of the of the Rider Waite Smith deck. But the inter interesting thing about Stewart was that he was never interested in really the magic or the occult side of tarot. What captivated his attention, uh, and what kind of became his little kind of shining thing that he was paying attention to was, of course, Pamela Coleman Smith, the artist of the deck. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, Stuart Kaplan um, does have a special, I think, relationship with the feminine principle because if uh, anyone who's ever been to U.S. Games, um, his company in Stanford, Connecticut, employs primarily females. Uh, so and and it's an interesting. It's, it, the U.S. Games layout is very interesting. The uh, the warehouses are on the the bottom kind of basement floor, and then upstairs are the executive suites, and and it's full of mostly women, mostly females. Um, and and so he had this passion that that in addition to to the tarot that he also knew people who were going to want to know about Pamela Coleman Smith. And he felt as if it was, you know, tremendously sad that both Pamela Coleman Smith and Arthur Waite passed away before their work started selling, you know, millions and millions of copies. 
Uh, and so he set out to kind of um, collect and amass everything that he could that Pamela had ever created, which was incredibly substantial because she was, an, she was a pro, prolific artist in many different uh, modalities. In addition to painting, she was a set designer, a clothing designer. She wrote articles. She created um, toy theaters. She just she published her own um, magazine called the Broadsheet or the Green Sheaf. Um, you know, so there there were a lot of things kind of around the globe, and Stuart set out on um, collecting all of those things and preserving it. And then you can see all of that in his recent book, a beautiful hardcover book about Pamela Cormac Oh, he has that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he is that. Um, oh, what? I said, I, I'm saying, yeah. I was just going to comment on... He has that really wonderful painting of Pamela that uh, that uh, is so special that you know. Hopefully, one day there'll be a museum where we can see her. You know, see that picture that I, that he. Yeah, uh, I I hope so too. The problem, unfortunately, when when things are donated or bought by a museum, and, and this is this is actually true. Uh, Sharona, you and I just got to go down to the Whitney. Museum of Art down in the Meatpacking District of Lower Manhattan, and it was really exciting because they, for many years, have had in their possession a Pamela Coleman Smith painting, um, and and it's actually out of the archives and now on display, which was why we were able to see it. But one of the problems when you bequeath an art collection uh, or donate or sell to a museum, it's not a guarantee that those things will go up on the wall uh, permanently. Or, or even in exhibition, you know. So, um, so I agree. His painting, uh, that the one that hangs in his office, of uh, Pamela, is incredible, and it does. It so belongs in a museum somewhere, um, but it would have to be the right place that understands the value, you know, in a painting of Pamela Coleman Smith, what she, what she represents. Yeah. Well, we got to make that happen. I think so. Yeah, we're just the folks to do it. <laughs> and he did say to me, I said, I asked him one day, I said, if if everything was like, God forbid, if it was all on fire, what piece, you know, that would you save? And he said, of course, it's that painting. It's, it's just that painting, which which hung above his uh, his mantelpiece, right, directly in his office. So you know, he never he never lost touch with who he feels like the woman who was responsible for making all of the magic in the writer witness yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like um, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, Arthur E. Waite. I mean, he certainly designed the architecture of the deck, you know, and organized it. But, you know, Pamela Pixie Coleman Smith, she was the magician that was able yeah. to, you know, put in, on paper, a vision of, you know, what weight designed. And, uh, you know, there was such genius there. And, you know, it, it really is a language, you know, a language um, that, that speaks and continues to mm-hmm. speak. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And, you know, and, and I wouldn't even go so far as to say that weight necessarily even gave her that many instructions graphically what he wanted the, the cards to look like. So they were both members of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and yes. they had a text called the Book T, which clearly described kind of the Golden Dawn's version of what tarot should look like. And if you look at the Book T, so many of of Pamela's illustrations kind of follow along fairly closely to that. So my hunch is that he may have given her a lot more free reign with her illustrations while he was then able to just focus on the esoteric underpinnings of what the cards meant in relation to his own Christian mysticism and the Kabbalistic tree of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they were such geniuses and you know i not much is written about the rider company but uh no. i think it's pretty powerful that they had the courage <laughs> to print the stack yes. and put it out there i, I don't think enough is said yes. about them either well what's interesting about the rider company so imagine kind of like a, a mini llewellyn worldwide right <laughs> like so so again we're talking about the very early 20th century where there well i guess like there is today you know there are big publishing houses but there are also a lot of small presses and there was this revival and fascination, especially kind of in the face of the scientific revolution that wanted to explain away anything mystical. Um, there was this kind of uh, revival of fascination in, in theosophy and spiritualism and the occult that was all born from these occult texts of like medieval occult texts that were sitting, that were, had been written by alchemists and magicians and, you know, Queen Elizabeth, John Dee, the philosopher. So all of those texts were inside of the British Museum, right, in London. And so a lot of the occult writers, including Arthur Edward, Edward Waite, would publish these occult manu- manuals, sometimes literally word for word, kind of like republish them in these print in in these in these publishing companies um and of course this was also an interesting meeting place in the british library reading room where members of the golden dawn met each other where like people would oh what you're looking at this medieval alchemy book too so am i let's go get a pint when we're done we're clearly looking at the same materials so the uh, the writer company regularly published you know small occult texts and Arthur Waite, I think, had published, already published something like nine or ten titles with the writer company. Um, Arthur Edward Waite, no matter how you feel about him, um, published a ton, a ton of books. And so the writer Waite Smith Tarot, originally called just, um, you know, the writer Waite deck for Arthur and, and, um, and writer the publishing company, was just kind of like another cog in the wheel of the occult texts that we were putting that he that they were putting out together and what's interesting because the big question is like why like why this deck why and that was that was what I was interested in when I was writing the book like what what was the skin in the game for the creators for Arthur Waite for Pamela Coleman Smith what was it that they were doing what were their intentions um yeah and so I think that 
they didn't really give the Rider Waite Smith deck much thought. It was just, like I said, another sort of cog in the wheel for the work that Arthur Waite was putting out. And certainly Pixie um, didn't get paid very much money for it. It didn't change her position as an artist or elevate her in any way. In a, um, and so it just kind of came and went, um, nobody not realizing that it would become such a monumental. I, I always call it the most important piece of modern art uh, to come from that time period because it's certainly the most used you know, piece of artwork, and it's not hanging up on a wall. It's right, you know, on our tables and in our lives intimately. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, and I think this was like around in the, what was it, 1971, you know, around, you know, the period where you had, um, you know, there was tumultuous things that were happening in the U.S., I know, I know that in the U.S. there was another deck. I was yesterday when we did the show. I did the show with Jax and Mary. You know, um, we were talking about dark shadows and how mm. in in 1968. I know that's when I saw it. Um, it was the you know the J.J. Swiss deck. You know, which is like a French RCA deck. And people saw that deck then, and I, you know, I saw it. I had been reading with regular cards up until then because, I don't know, I just loved all kinds of cards, you know. I would read from, you know, <laughs> baseball cards if I had to. But, um, you know, that was like the only deck that was really out there. And I remember getting a copy of it, and I guess it was in, you know, like 1969, and where I got it from was in what was called back then, you know, a hippie uh, head shop. <laughs> they, had the, they had that deck. Yeah, and, um, you know, that was the only deck, you know, you could get up on in the United States was that one deck, as far as I know, at least as far as what I was able to get a hold of. And then a lot of people say the other thing that influenced Tarot was the um, Live and Let Die. Do you remember that movie, the James Bond movie with Jane yes. Seymour? And yes. she read with a deck that was actually kind of created uh, for the movie. But if you look carefully in some of the frames, they show the uh, the Rider Waite Smith deck. You know, they created <laughs> the, the maid. They kind of stuck it in there. But you know, it was such kind of like a perfect time to bring it in because you had the counterculture. You know, mm-hmm. you know, was into you know expanding their consciousness and you know looking at new forms of spirituality. So it was almost like there was a, you know, an explosion of, yeah, you know, you know, what a powerful, you know, you know, time and how, I mean, I almost feel like we need to add, you know, like they, they called the deck, the, you know, the writer, Wade Smith or the RWS, but we got to stick K in there for Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you know, know, it's a new way of thing because I've, 
I've had some people have kind of like criticized the fact that I focused heavily on him in the complete book of the Rider Waite Smith Tarot um, because they didn't like the idea that he would have some kind of ownership over it. And that's not it's not about ownership. You know, it's about what what kind of magical uh, lineages people came together to create the legacy or to bring tarot into our lives. And it's just um you know, there's just no question that he was, in my mind, as, import, as important as, as the creators were um, because he created, he created it. He, he, he made a pathway so that any of us could get our hands, you know, and, and he did that very intentionally, you know, and it was very, ma- I love the magic behind it. And because I think that even though Stuart Kaplan would never say, oh, I was doing magic, I was just being me. Um, he, he had a suspicion, he had a knowledge that he was here to do something specific and to write and, and to bring something to the American public. He didn't know what that was and he didn't try and figure, you know, he didn't say in it. And I think that's so much like casting a magic spell. Like you have this feeling, you have this impulse, how that manifests in your life is almost not our business, right? Like we kind of say, we acknowledge it, we cast a spell, we say what we would like, but then how that spell, how that magic unfolds, you know, is a mystery, it's surprising. Um, and I think that he was a perfect example of exactly that. And so I, I try and remember that because I think that it's very easy for us to try and want to control the outcome of everything in our lives, and especially the things that we want or that we think that we want. Um, but when we just show up and do the work and then let the, let the rest kind of happen and trust that we're not working alone, that's when real magic occurs. And I, I think he was a really good example of that. The story of the deck and yeah. how he acquired it is a great example of that. Yeah, well, it's funny, like a... Sometimes magical tunes appear in my mind, and it's so funny. What went through my head is that line from Jackson Smith about uh, Jackson Jackson Brown. Jackson saying Smith. Jackson Brown had you know that you do the dance that you're here for, but there may lie a meaning that you will never know that why you were here, and that to me is kind of what unconsciously <laughs> we're creating magic and wow <laughs> yes. I don't know why that too With popped every, into my head every breath and every gesture and that's a great lyric that would that would align beautifully I think with the world card the world dancer yeah that's a beautiful um kind of alignment right there and and to your point and to that lyric you know the same was true for for pixie and for Arthur Waite, you know, they were just doing what they were doing, um, obviously hoping, you know, something would work out and, and that they would build an amazing career and support themselves and probably put something beautiful into the world. You know, but who would have known? And, and it's, a funny, it's a funny thing because Bram Stoker, you know, was in the Golden Dawn as yes. well. And he's another example of someone who passed away long before his work became famous or well-known. So who knows? Who knows, something that we're doing right now may in 50 years become, like, the highest 
thing and change lives. So you never know. You never really know. You just have to trust. And that's like kind of the point of magic that like, you know, if you show up and do the work, if you take responsibility and, and, and are true to yourself, that magic really unfolds. Yes. And do those steps that, uh, mm-hmm. that make everything unfold. Oh my, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, tarot, I get all misty-eyed with tarot. It's it's such a gift. You know, people, you know, have so many, you know, unless, you, unless you're involved with it, you know, you might, you know, people think of it as being a fortune-telling tool. But it's kind of like it's... It's something that changes your life, and mm-hmm. you know, it's I I won't I guess you know popped in my head was fortune creating, not telling, but it's you you know it just things start to happen when you when you touch that deck, and when you yeah. see that deck, and you know the magic that that's really in all decks, you know it um, certainly the. Uh, the Rider Waite Smith is is the um, the lead dancer, so to speak. But there's all these other decks out there that are dancing and doing their magic too. And I, I doing think, very I positive. An, yeah, and I think that I think the reason I think and I'm pretty I know the reason that the Rider Waite Smith deck is as evocative and powerful. After all, after a, after, after a century, after all of this time, and, and even as, you know, tarot decks, beautiful decks come to market all over the place, um, and even, you know, decks that are like the Wild Unknown, for example, which is not anything close to a Rider-Waite-Smith clone deck, but the, the, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is built on top of an incredible pre-created magical system that is centuries old and so it's not just a deck you know it's it is literally kind of a visual representation of how the invisible manifests into the the visible world and how the occultist the witch or the sorcerer if she chooses can kind of work her way backwards up into you know divinity so we're literally talking about, you know, like a metaphysical skeleton of how the world is built. And inside of that world, which is mostly within the active imagination, right, which is that place of creativity and, and meditation and pathworking and all of these things, um, there's so it, there are treasure troves of creativity and power and archetype, and when we work with the cards, whether we realize it or not, it's there and it's there and we're accessing it. And that's why, you know, you could work with the Rider Waite Smith deck for decades and decades and decades and continually find new things within it. It never gets old. And it's not that, and, and, and that so much of that magic came from Pixie, the way that she made it accessible to everyone, the way that anybody can kind of like find themselves in the deck. It's fairly gender fluid. Um, it obviously is, um, 
a very kind of uh, a white, it's not culturally diverse, um, but excluding that, you can, and certainly there's plenty of culturally diverse Rider Waite Smith clones, um, but the way that she decorated a system that is, is centuries old, you know, they talk about tarot being a book of secrets, and it really is. You know, if you know what you're looking at, it's, it's the secret of the universe. It's the secrets of you, um, and it's beautiful, and it's portable, and we can carry it around in our handbags, <laughs> you know? We're carrying the universe in our, in our pockets. It doesn't get exactly. any better than that. It's an art gallery in your pocket. I mean, I think what one of the things that I love about it is, you know, you, have, you do have such things as astrology and as above, so below, but the fact that with the tarot deck, you can shuffle it, you know, mm-hmm. is yeah. you, and it's different each time that you shuffle it. So, yes, the stars are above, and they're they're laying out um, patterns and things that we should be aware of, but the tarot deck kind of reminds us that you can take what you're given and you can shuffle it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and it it it, play, it plays to the innate human um, delight of storytelling, you know. Yeah. And and it's true. Like, and and the funny thing about the cards, right? If you don't like what they're saying to you, no matter what you're going to them for, you're more than welcome to shuffle and lay the cards out again. Nine times out of ten, it's going to tell you the exact same thing. But even even the act of shuffling and and pulling cards. It echoes the freshness of every moment. It echoes the potential in the moment-to-moment basis of your life, right? So that even though the world is cyclical and our lives are cyclical, we always have the opportunity to choose differently, to respond differently, um, and to change the cycle. And that's why we're here. That's the whole point of magic. That is what magic evolves, is, is, is evolution, right, is, is, is changing. Mm-hmm. Because when we do something new, you know, the universe does something new, like as above, so below. Um, and it's the mm-hmm. whole point of why we're here. And the tarot kind of gives us a shortcut to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my, my, my. Uh, we can go on for hours. I mean, I got to have you back again real soon. Uh, <laughs> maybe we could just take a moment. I just need to let everyone know what's uh, coming up here on the Psychic Talk Radio Network, and then maybe uh, we'll be able to take some calls and uh, shuffle our deck and, uh, you know, put it all into play. um, But before I do that, though, I need to say, Sasha, (laughs) Sasha Graham, how can our listeners follow you? I mean, where can they find you? What are you doing? What new projects are you working on? How are you shuffling your cards today? I I think that's going to, I'm going to have that as just, (laughs) have you shuffled your cards today? That's fabulous. Oh, Oh, gosh. That's a that's a that's a great kind of segue in. Yeah, yeah. I um so I am just finishing up 
a brand new tarot deck with Llewellyn called Tarot of the Witch's Garden, which will be in bookstores uh, June, about a year, June of next year, which is very exciting. Uh, my Darkwood Tarot was kind of dark and mysterious. So Tarot of the Witch's Garden is quite um, it's very, it's beautiful, it's pastoral, it's very cottage core, and it's full of magic. Uh, I have just signed a contract for a brand new tarot deck that I don't think I'm at liberty to speak of yet, but it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> uh, and I do live events in Brooklyn twice a month. You can find out about those if you go to my website, sashagram.com. You can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Sasha Tarot Diva. Um, but you can Google me. I'm really easy, easy to find, sashagram, sashagram.com. And I also do a lot, like, I, like you had said in the intro, I do a lot of um, teaching, talking, lecturing. So I'm going to actually be in Salem, Massachusetts at the Witch City Tarot Conference. <gasps> Uh, over July 21st, I'm a keynote speaker there, so I'm giving a talk on shadow magic and being the, the skeleton key to your soul. And then I will also be teaching at the Kingston Tarot and Lenormand Conference in November in Kingston um, up in Canada, and that has a virtual option. So anybody who can't get to the conference can access it uh, from the comfort of their own home. And I'm also uh, headlining Palooza, which is a 100% virtual tarot conference that's happening in October. So there's lots of different ways to kind of um, find me if you're interested. And, of course, all of my books and tarot decks are at your nearest bookstore as well. Support small bookstores. So, yeah. Exactly. We want to keep those small little bookstores going. Because yeah. for many people, that's that's how you know the tactile thing. If you can you can actually see a deck and 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 touch it. Oh, so wonderful! And um, thank you. And just hang on if if you're waiting on the switchboard. We're gonna get to you. I see um, there are a lot of there's a, we have a few people who raised their hand. Remember, you're on the. The switchboard, you've got to um, click, click number one so your hand raises because a little hand um, will come up. And I know, we'll know that uh, you don't just want to listen, that, uh, that you want me to take your call. So as far as what's coming up on the network, well, every, you know, it's that time of the year when everyone goes on vacay. And so uh, with it being summertime, and so we won't, it's going to be pretty quiet on the Psychic Talk Radio Network for live shows for 13 days. I mean, how magical is that, 13 days? And then, <laughs> uh, of course, people can go into the archive and listen to our shows. Um, but the next show in 13 days will be, coming up live will be on Saturday, uh, July the 23rd, and that's Tarot Today Radio, and that's on at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and then I will be back the next day 
you know, with my usual, I'm always like, I always, you know, skip a week between shows. And I'll be back on Sunday, July the 24th with, hey, someone that you know, the wonderful Gina Jean. And we're just going to be talking tarot. I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but you know Gina Jean. So I know it's going to be some good stuff. We're going to be talking about some good stuff. So that's what's coming. Yeah. So, you know, this is the place where you want to uh, get your magic on. So let me just, we can take a few calls. So I have to, let me just get my deck. I've got, I've got, I'm, I'm reading uh, with your, your deck the, uh, the circular edition. And so I need a little bit of room <laughs> to put that out there. So uh, let me, let's see who's been waiting the longest. So Sasha, it looks like area code 216. So let me just click on that one. And hi, caller, area code 216. What is your name and where are you calling from? What can we do for you today? And what, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've got some wonderful things to share with us. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? This is Desmond calling Cleveland, Ohio. Hi. De- hi. How are you? How are you? Pretty, I love your voice. Pretty good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I had a question. Well, uh, I had a statement in the question. statement is, uh, I, can, I don't know, I guess me personally, I can tell that uh, it's, it's just different energies coming here, and it's you know, it's, it's I guess it's kind of affecting me in a good way. In a well, I guess you know, I guess my body has to get used to what's going on here, so it's just just a little different. But uh, my question was, um, I want to know what do you see with me and my friend uh, Robin? You see us getting closer, or? Because she, she does that yo-yo thing where she pulls back or should I just let that go? Okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Right off the bat, I'm getting a message that um, this is a time for you to step into your power, okay? Um, and for you to be making some magic. And um, a lot of, you know, I'm getting a lot that there are a lot of choices out there. But it's also saying that you, you know, you need to focus on what you can do and what your power is and why you're here. And, you know, things will definitely fall into place with your friend. But I see lots of friends out there. I see like a whole circle of friends. It's funny. Um, I got the same card I got for the, the show. I'm getting... Uh, the card where it's about celebration, you know, celebration of uh, a harvest of where people get together and and work things out. But primarily a message for you, you know, get ready to fly high is what I'm what I'm hearing in my head. And you, this is a time where you can fly above all obstacles. Well, okay, okay. So I'm sure, are you getting anything? Yeah, it's about you to get ready. Sasha, are you getting anything on your end? 
And I'll, while you're doing that, I'll see if there's anything else I, that's come up. I am. I am. I think uh, looking at, 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 at what came up in, in regard to your specific question, I think it's a really good time for you to change your tactic. Um, I think that something that you have been doing isn't really working, and so it's time to let that go. And in a sense, sometimes when we release our attachments to people, they kind of come running right to us. You know what I mean? It's kind of – and when I'm not talking about playing games, you know, I'm not talking about suddenly giving somebody the cold shoulder so that they'll – kind of come running back to you. Um, But there is this sense that something has to change profoundly in order for the two of you to move forward in the way that you would like to move forward. And I think that, I think that on your hand, on, on your end, that means being okay and standing strong. If, your kind of hope, dream, and desire does not come to pass. Letting that go, but making space for it to unfold if it was meant to be. And if not, then to just kind of keep, keep going and, and maybe move your attention on to something else. Okay. But, you know, you're here to do, you're here to, you were here to do great work. Okay, get ready, ready, to, you know, ready to fly and soar, and, you know, you're here to bring about some changes. And if you've ever had, like, a bumpy ride, uh, regardless of how you perceive it to be, um, you know, you just kind of let go and, and be who you are. And it's, you know, great things are going to happen with you, my dear. Love you so much, and thank you for calling in. Uh, thank you for the reading. I appreciate that. My, our pleasure. Love you. Let me put you back on listening. And this looks like it's on a Skype because I just see um, there's actually two calls where the area code is uh, 111. <laughs> So I think that's usually <laughs> a, Skype, a, a Skype call. So uh, there's two of them. So whatever of the one one the one eleven calls, <laughs> and you can hear me talking to you. Just say hello, because uh, there's two of them out there. So I'm, I can only do one at a time. Hello, one one one. Hello. Hi. Hello. Can okay. you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hope you're enjoying our show. Oh, good. Yes, I, sorry, yeah. it, it's it's not obvious that you picked up my call. So I've been having a, a really tough time the last three weeks where a lot of things have been going wrong, and I'm hoping that things are now on the right path. Um, but I'm wondering if you if there's any good news you could pick up as far as reading goes going forward. Well, I know there's some good news here in this deck, you know, because as we said, there. <laughs> There's, there's, it's really all the cards are, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're really helpful. Um, what I'm getting is it's kind of like with the previous call. Um, 
you know, you're you're a divine channel. Okay, you're you're definitely here for a purpose. And um, it's funny you were saying. I think you used the word things were going. It was a bumpy ride, and things were going wrong. Is that well, that's the word that so. you're using? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, what I'm getting is they're not so much going wrong as they're going right. You know, if you just, you know, hang in there, okay, don't let, you know, don't let the bumps in the road deter you, you know, just to kind of let it go. And there's probably a gift in that, you know, and, you know, just to really hang in there, I'm getting that. You just have to say to yourself, you know, you're worthy of great things. I mean, it, and not to let it get to you. Uh, that, you know, um, if you can just kind of hang in there and keep your balance, um, there's, you know, there's tremendous hope and, you know, gifts in there. So, um you know, uh, things might be going right, even though they look like they're going wrong. <laughs> Sasha, what are you picking up yeah. there? So I, 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 I've got, I've got great news for you here in the card that that yeah. came up because, because what the, what that kind of feeling if things are falling apart or disassembling themselves, what it's doing is paving the way for the people in your life, people that are as creative as you, as passionate as you, as excited, excited as you. And so what's happening right now is really a reorganization, right? And, and not all reorganizations feel good. They can often be utterly tragic and detrimental and incredibly painful. But, I, but what this card kind of the message that wants to come through for you is that you're actually working your way up and out of this in such an extraordinary way that's going to empower you. And, and there's this new energy coming in in the form of, of people, in the form of friends, friends and collaborators and maybe even lovers um, for, for you to really build and create what you have always wanted. So it really has been like a clearing house um, in order to bring you exactly what it is that you need. And, that, and it, it arrives in multiple forms. It arrives in the form of, of, of friendship, companionship, but also in resources that you're going to have available to you. So you're really going to have a lot to play with. And so I think one of the best things you can do, like, or when it feels bad, definitely. Uh, Sasha, are you there? You're, you were kind of breaking up on us. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I keep you know your deck is really wonderful, by the way, and I'm just getting this message that for this caller, the stars are lining up. You know, it's kind of like the cards are reshuffling, and 
you know, there is um, a golden opportunity that is definitely coming up for our caller. Oh, good. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, some big, big sort of bumps in the road with having to move and um, my car breaking down in a foreign country and all these things happen within two or three days from each other and it's been rather unpleasant. So I'm hoping it's been a month now. I'm hoping that my car will be fixed and be brought back and everything will be okay because it. I had only purchased it four months before all this happened, so it was big, expensive scare. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I mean, it's like you know, I just just see wonderful things coming in for you, and you know, just take a deep breath, and you know, it's going to happen. There is a, everything's lining up for you, so it's a blessing in well, disguise. Have no fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for calling. I'm going to put you back in so you can listen. Want to let you know that appreciate you calling in, and I love you very much. We do. So we're going to take. I'm going to take one more call because we're at the 3 o'clock mark and we'll run out of tape. So I'm going to area code um, area code 801. Hi, what is your name and where are you calling from? Is anyone there? Hello. Uh, Hi. From Utah. Hi. I know that voice. Is this Charlotte? Yes. Hey, Charlotte, thank you for calling in. It's been a while. I know. I actually got to catch your show today, and I was so excited. Well, we're glad you're here because it's, you know, you you bring a great energy. Is there something in particular that you want us to draw some cards on, Charlotte, my dear, or Uh, just coming down the road? Okay. Let's see if we've got a general coming down the road. I know, <laughs> the worst question general. ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's not generally <laughs> or generally. Okay, yeah. so what, uh, okay, let's do a quick shuffle here. Got to put everything back in order. I'm working with, you got to get this stack, Charlotte. I know you're like me, you uh it's not a good day unless you bought a tarot deck. The circular <laughs> edition of the Rider Waite Smith deck that Sasha has done—it's really such a uh, a gift to work with. Just need a little bit more room here on the table. Um, okay, here's what I'm getting: um, something about uh, there's there's someone that you have to reach out to. Okay, um, I'm getting this thing that uh, you need to reach out, and there's someone who can help. There's 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 help out there for you. Okay, if you've if if there's something that's been making you feel kind of trapped, feel wearing you know where you're feeling really guarded, um, there is someone. Hey, it might be Sasha and me that you need to reach out to, and <laughs> that they have a gift for you you know, to um, 
<laughs> this is really funny. I'm getting all the cards that are about gifts and, uh, you know, reaching out. Sasha, what are you getting? <laughs> so interesting. So one of the fun kind of crazy things about working with a circular tarot is the cards are not just upright or reversed. Oftentimes they're clockwise, sideways, like pointing in all different directions. And what was fascinating about your pull was that I got the hanged man, but completely sideways. Um, and, and so that bright shining nimbus around his head is, is pointing over to the right. So the message that came to me, Charlotte, was that you're at a crossroads or will soon be at a crossroads. There's a decision that uh, you're going to definitely have to make, and I feel as if the hanged man is pointing you to go right. And are you left or right-handed? I'm right-handed. You're right-handed. So typically Mm -hmm. moving right, right, because that's typically the dominant hand, it's the easy instinctual thing to do. So when you're faced with, a, with, with kind of a, a crossroads, do the simple thing. Do, do the, the one that is full of ease, and that is going to help you continue to kind of shine that beautiful light that you put out into the world. Uh-uh. Okay. I love the mystery of these things, but they're just like, you know, they're, they're there, but then it makes your brain start kicking in and going, okay, what does that mean? What does that, and, you know, I try not to overthink it and then let the, you know, the message play out the way it was meant to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's it's good to think. But, you know, sometimes we can overthink it. And yeah. I do see there's a gift. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm working with Sasha's circular deck and the, and the cards kind of move. And it's like, I know you know cards, so I'll say what the cards are. You know, we've got like the page of cups. You know, he's reaching out with his right hand and he's holding a cup that has a, with a fish in it. And that one, the other card that's, that's going into that one that's turned in that direction is the Six of Cups. So uh, don't be surprised if you don't uh, get a gift. It doesn't have to be a physical gift. It can be a gift that we want to know for our spirit. But, you know, this whole thing about reaching out and, you know, if there's – if there's a gift that you need, just just stretch out your hand and reach out for it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like manifesting it, kind of. Well, they'll help you manifest it. Yeah, you don't yeah. have. You know, you you're you're here to manifest too. But what I'm getting is, there's other people that you. It's not so much that you're asking them for help but you're bringing them along for a journey. And that journey that you bring them on to is for for everyone. You know, often we think that uh, someone is going to give us help, that the help is for us. But in reaching out for that help, you're also helping, you're helping them on that journey yeah. that is, yeah, that's what I'm getting. Reach out. <laughs> 
Okay, I will. Yeah. Well, which yeah. is kind of interesting because I am starting a volunteer job tomorrow. So maybe that's maybe helping all time patients. <laughs> yep. So maybe maybe that. Yeah, and it's yeah, and I'm and it's and um, you know I'm getting that whole thing. I don't know. Today I'm getting songs popping into my head, and I don't know why that that song popped into my head. Reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, well, thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, just just just, you know, uh keep on doing and um keep on reaching out. It's all the whole I life know. is a gift. <laughs> yeah. Oh Charlotte, thank, thank you. you. You know, thank you for, thank you for calling in. So late in the show. I mean, that, that was awesome. So. Um I'm happy to take your call. Thank you. Love you, Charlotte. Love you so much. Love you, too. Thanks for the beautiful energy you bring. Oh, you bring pretty beautiful energy, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, oh, my goodness. We are going to have to. It's that time when uh, I have to reach out to everyone and just say, you know, thank you for joining me. Sasha Graham, uh, thanks for joining me today. It's true. You're truly a gift to the world. You know, just the way Stuart Kaplan was and A.E. Waite was and, and Pixie was. You're one of, you're one of the, the gift bringers, you know, and it's oh, so cool that, yeah, that I got the gift card, you know, the Six of Cups. And I do want to thank uh, my listeners my friends, uh, for joining me here today. And if you remember back in January, you know, I wrote some words on a card and the, the, um, on different cards and then I drew them out and I said, that's going to be the word <laughs> for 2022. And it was gratitude. And mm-hmm. so, you know, okay. And this goes along with the gift thing. You want to throughout the day, no matter what happens, <laughs> say thank you even if you trip <laughs> say thank you you know you never know there there's a reason to that because you know the universe you know has your back you know you always have to remember that and you know our words create so I always like to leave off by saying always say to yourself I am strong you know I am confident I'm magical and I am enough, and I am beautiful, and know that you deserve the very best, and you especially deserve love. And, you know, not to forget that everything is energy. The universe, you and I, the tarot cards, everything is energy. And if we just take a deep breath and say thank you, there might be an answer that's there within that moment of just saying thank you. Something might pop into your head. And, you know, whatever you're going through, just focus on what is positive because it's almost like you're creating a blueprint. You know, you're, you're, you're making, you're, you're asking the universe to be a waiter to bring you what you want. And so if you focus on that and you keep your energy and your vibrations high, you will step into your power and you will awaken your true magic. So... 
Sasha, as I always say to my audience, can we meet again, which folks will be uh, Sunday, July 24th. I'll be here with another magical lady, uh, Gina Jean. I want you all to know that I love you and uh, we're magical. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you. Love you all. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you. And here comes the music. <laughs> <laughs>